Hold on, I'm gonna make sure I press the right thing. Hello and welcome to this, the last match review of season 2020 for the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you by the good people at MGA Traffic, as it always is, as it will always be. My name is Sean Peterbudge and I'm here, uh, obviously, to go over what feels a bit like the last day of um, last day of Term 4, whenever the, the, the football season comes to an end. It's always got that vibe of, is anyone going to show up? Is anyone going to put in any effort? Why are we here? Do we need to be here? Um, and for a little bit of tonight, it definitely had that feel about it. But um, in the aftermath, which we're going to go over, um, pros and cons, which we're going to get through. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the big Fubba Ganoush, who has spent the day cleaning his house out. Buona sera ragazzi. Yeah, spent, um, spent most of the day outside. We hired a, a large skip to... Um, no, not being Timbo, just a, a large bin. And, um, <laughs> I love that. That's good. And, uh, yeah, just been slowly moving all the uh, accumulated, accumulated <laughs> rubbish. Did you happen to find any 20, 21-year-old elite small forwards? No. Yeah. Damn, damn, that would have been handy. That would have been handy. Uh, and, of course, the other man's voice you can hear there is Dr. Timothy Davis, University of Donvale alum. Um, <laughs> keen to get your thoughts from tonight's results, as always. But first and foremost, how have you been? How are you tracking? Yeah, yeah, tracking well. I mean, it's sort of nice to get to the end of the season in, in sort of one way. I mean, we'd love to be playing finals. But now that it's done, you can stop and take stock. Um, so, yeah, but otherwise, the Davis household's, Cruising along. I've got a kid that turns 10 on Monday. That's kind of exciting. So uh, I've got a new budgerigar named Jerry. Jerry. All right. Good stuff. Um, I, I think that it's it's weird, isn't it? Like you, you get to the end of the season and in some ways, you know, we've had a bit of a disappointing end, which you feel like it could have been so much more and it ultimately isn't. And you feel like, oh, good. Thank God that's over. I don't want to deal with the disappointment. But in a couple of days' time, we'll all be sitting here going, Jesus, when's that first intra-club? Yeah. Can, the club, can the club give us a bit of directions to win that first? I just want to make sure I've blocked out my afternoon or my morning so I can go check it out. We, we miss the footy and we feel like we need that footy fixed pretty damn quick when your team is um, not not uh, not playing anymore. So, I and I'm going to start saving money for the Canadian clubs again. Oh, Jesus Christ, not the freaking Canadian clubs. Your shout. Your shout. Uh, no, Jim, I don't think year. I don't think we could. We, we've spoken about the Canadian clubs, and I think we need to speak about them again. Fabian set off on this pilgrimage to the bar. I think I legitimately well, set off alone. You were with me, and then abandoned me. That's yeah, because I, I thought, why am I coming with you? And it was a, it was packed, and it was very you know underneath the uh, Pratt stand, it was very dark. <laughs> it was like, why are we? I don't need to be here. There's just a mass of bodies swelling around this bar. I just went for a walk, and. Nobody, I don't think anybody actually requested a drink. I think maybe your dad, possibly. I reckon I said I'll have a diet coke. Yeah, honestly. maybe. There was a, you know, half a dozen of us. Tony, Tony was in for one. Tony was in for one. So only two of us wanted a drink. You came back with drinks for everyone, which no one asked for. Timbo, Diet Coke, Canadian Club. Well, that's a <laughs> you idiot. You're going, oh, not really? 
It was just madness. But as I said, when we talked about it initially, summed you up. You're a really gracious host. Um, as we get into the game itself, look, it was it was a weird one. It was a bit of a greatest hits of the season itself. You know, the good was very good. The bad was bad. We played some really exciting football at times. We showed some heart toward the end. But we also went missing for long enough uh, during the game to ultimately lose the match. Uh, and, we, and, got, and got a pineapple. And got the pineapple. But we, you know, actually, that's true. I didn't have that in the notes, but we did get the pineapple. Um, and in the end, we lose by 17 points, which is near enough to our average losing margin for the year. It was sort of a bit of a, you went, it's actually the perfect encapsulation of the broader season. It's sort of a fitting farewell in, in a weird I, way. We got everything. I said exactly the same thing to Fabian before you jumped online. I, I just thought that was our whole season just parceled up in one four-quarter effort. It was yeah, it was weird. It was, you sit there, actually, you take it in, you get annoyed about the bad stuff, Fab. You get sort of pleased or heartened by the good stuff, and then you're left sitting there thinking, yeah, that is us in, in 100 minutes. We've just witnessed what the Carlton Football Club is, for better or it worse. It was a perfect, perfect summary. We had, yeah. we had Paddy Cripps battle through injury, ultimately not get there. Sam Walsh be a shining light, a... Typical run of goals against us in a shitful quarter. And then... Stout defensive effort when we were up against it. Yep. Um, we had good and bad, Liam. We had everything. We had everything <laughs> about our team. We had a functioning forward setup which yielded some opportunities from some goals, and then we resorted to just bombing it onto Harry's head. <laughs> you know what it was like? It was like, you know when a band does, like, the greatest hits tour and they're touring, like, a 40-year catalogue? And... Everyone's sitting there and they start playing stuff like they start playing the shit no one wants to hear. And everyone's going, no, fuck that off. Hey, stop playing that shit. No one came to hear that. Play the hits. Yeah, no one wants to hear track six off your fucking solo album. Play the hits. Play the classic. Um, I was sitting there going, why are we doing this? Oh, that's when you go get the Canadian clubs when they start playing the self-indulgent bullshit no one wants to hear. Even if they are $17. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll start, obviously, uh, sort of without bearing the lead. Um, Kate Simpson's final game for the club, 342nd and final game for the club. He walks off the field um, with, you know, and look, he walks off the field with some footy in the tank, yep. which is great. Um, and I do love the, the old uh, Eric Cantona fab, which once again, I actually don't know if Eric Cantona said this. This has been a quote attributed to him. I've never heard him say it. I've never seen anyone clarify that he said it. But I love it, and I'm going to say it now. Um, when asked why he retired, you've still got football left. You still can play at the top level. He said, I want people to remember me for how I am, not how I was. Yep. I, don't want, yep. I don't want people to be watching me in two or three years' time. I'm running around thinking, geez, this guy, he's still good, but he used to be, he used to be amazing. You should have seen that him. That wasn't verbatim, but I think he did say something along those, those lines. And I, I th- do remember, he had the trawler, he had the trawler. The seagulls uh, follow the trawler because they think that sardines will be thrown in the sea. <laughs> was that post kick? That was a knock at the press. The press follow, they're hoping garbage will be thrown overboard so they can feast on it. But look, Simo leaves, um, you know, an outstanding career with us. I think he leaves at the right time. Um, he was far from our worst tonight. He was quite good tonight. Um, absolutely wonderful to see him kick a goal, a rare goal, yep. which sort of wound back the clock a little bit. Uh, and we're going to talk about Simo a little bit later, but obviously special shout-out to him and also special shout-out uh, to the Brisbane Lions, who at the end of the game um, obviously recognised Simo in his career, gave him a, a match ball, which was lovely to see, and then actually also gave Matty Cruiser 
um, some recognition as he left the field as well, which was which was really nice. Um, I think the players do that better now than they have at any previous time in history, sort of recognising their peers. Um, and, and to see, you know, two of the guys that have given everything to their given everything to our footy club over the last fifteen years get that send off was really lovely. Obviously, not the result we wanted, but um, nice to see nonetheless. Uh, and we look forward to obviously being able to show our appreciation in per, uh, person next year. I would imagine um, uh, Bryce Gibb, uh, Matty Cruiser, and Cade will all uh, have their sort of swan song send off uh, at our first home game, which will be good to see. Um, I think we want to start, we're sort of doing things a little bit different, chicken salad, chicken shit, not so much, but on topics. So I want to start with perhaps a, a slightly negative topic, but mindset. You know, we've spoken about mindset a number of times throughout the course of this season, and we will not be a better side until we aspire to be a better side. And that comes from a number of things. We're going to talk about David Teague and his spray a little bit later, but who drives us? It has to be players in the sense that on the field, Fabian, you've spoken about, you know, the lack of runners. You've spoken about the need for us to have leaders. We need guys out there to be the Roy Keane to be the asshole, to be the guy who, I'm not here to be your mate. We are teammates, but I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm here to get do whatever I can to get the best out of you, to get the best out of our football club, to drive us forward. And you watch tonight's game and you thought, we just don't have anyone like that. Nope. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we play like, from the outside, we look like we're together as, as, a, as a group, but... We're just a friendly bunch of guys who have a common goal. There's no, there's no one on the on the on the final on the outer, kind of playing that that overarching driving role type of thing. So look, we're all just kind of, we're just nice guys. I'll keep bringing up the Jose Spurs thing. We're just a team of nice guys. There's there's no, there's no one being, no one holding. The team accountable for that, you know, that that ruthless competitive edge, and it's, it's something until we develop that, we're going to be, we will stagnate. Well, we can have all the talent in the world, can't we? That's, you know, and it, I don't know if you, and I just said we, until we develop, until we develop as a team, I don't think you develop that as an individual. It's either you got it or you don't, and sometimes you just, you, we may need to recruit that. Oh, look, without that, without that's to me. If we don't have it now, we've got, we've got to be able to find it somehow. And, and you either find it and, and this, yeah, for, for, for wherever we're going to finish on the ladder this year, you know, if, we, if we're going to finish like, if we're going to have like pick seven and that'll get pushed down because there's a few academy kids and all that sort of stuff, but you're still going to have the seventh live pick in the draft again, assuming we don't trade it away and, and we'll probably get to that either later or, you know, in further weeks. Um, if you got an 18-year-old kid that had it and he came in and he was going to be the absolute tonic of what you need, at what point does he actually make meaningful change within the playing group anyway? And, and I'd argue the answer is probably three to four years minimum. He's not going to do it in year one because you're in there just shitting your pants going, oh, fuck, you know, I'm standing next to Paddy Cripps and standing next to Charlie Kerner. You know, yeah, your head's spinning in those first days. And I think that nothing to me summed up that mentality and where we are. And look, I, I shout out to Terry. Obviously, I, I appeared on Terry's um, interview thing during the week. It was fantastic. We thank him for having us all on. And I made this point um, when I was chatting to him and I'll make it again here. We are so close. We are closer 
the group is closer than they seem to believe they are. Yeah. The group is closer yeah. to actually being a better team than they seem to think they are. And nothing to me sort of summed up that mentality or that issue we have with mentality more than the push and shove at halftime. The time to do that was 20 minutes earlier. And you sit there yep. and push and shove at halftime all you want. It's not. It's cheap. It doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove you're tough. It doesn't prove you're in the fight because we were embarrassed in the second quarter. And the it game actually was... show. It actually shows we don't stand for anything, no. Sean. Because we, when the opportunity was there, and I mean, I was quietly losing my shit a little bit on uh, on the text message. Um, but as but but as I should have said, that, he was. He was in. He was in an well, empty was, room at one point. I, <laughs> I was going. I want to get a lot of support from you guys. But the comment that I made at one point was: the next time Mitch Robinson drops his head the way that he had twice and been rewarded, you fucking knock it off. Yes. And uh, and and the good thing is, a little bit later on, I think it was Murph. Was it Murph? Or that was Simo, wasn't it? Because they were talking about the fact that he was on the mark. He he drilled him, and for bloody what, good that he did too, because. And, and and it talks to the umpiring that the umpiring you know the umpiring fraternity gets sucked into this rubbish all the time as well, but um, but yeah the, the physicality that we needed like if you're giving away free kicks at least have hurt the guy along the way not not that we're wanting bikes to go off on off the ground on wheelchairs and all that sort of stuff but we're gonna be more physical and, and we can't stand up or we have to stand up to the sort of aggression that that Brisbane came at us with but in the end Brisbane ended up just looking arrogant and. I reckon it points to the fact they've got a few more problems as a team than they've actually got. But we, we, we need to be able to fight fire with fire and stand up to that well and truly. The only player that I think actually, outwardly at least, was was sort of um, throwing their weight around a bit and actually was probably Matty Kennedy. There were a few yeah, instances yeah. where he shaped yeah. up to people and sort of got into them, had a word with them, looked them in the eye. And he sort of think, he went, that's great. And you've got to, I mean, I don't know if our boys, some of them have to be empowered to be the enforcer, to sit there and go, Maddie, go if it starts getting out of hand, just fucking pile drive someone. If if Matt, Mitch Robinson wants to come at you with his head, bury him. Bury him. Absolutely. Clearly, the next week. clearly the umpires are on a hair trigger with this guy giving away high free kicks. Bury him. Yes. Make yep. him earn it. So well, as you Matt, say, chances are they're going to reward him even when it's not there. You, you may as well, may as well, you know, absolutely knock him in the next week. The, the thing is, these players who could drive the attitude and the change, uh, Matty Kennedy's in and out of the side, so he yep. probably doesn't He's feel not like constant. He, yeah. he, he, can, he can be the one that, that can kind of vocally drive it. Jack Martin's in his first year, but he's got that. His second half on. was good. He um, was, yeah, gathered, yeah. Harry, Harry's got it. Harry's got it in spades. Mm. You know, he, but, but, he's, but he, he's a bit ill. The ball so seldom down there. Harry's, he's a bit ill-disciplined, though. Harry's so. the baby giraffe. He's like lumbering yeah. around the field. You sort of like just focus on putting one foot in front of the other, Harry. Um, don't why, start. When, when Chris when Chris Judd came to the club, and everyone was like, you know, you, you made him captain. The minute he walked in the door, we, we needed to, and we need another. We all everyone could do with another Chris Judd, but you need that someone who was going to drive. Not just the standards in the training and everything, just the, the, the drive the standards of the, the, the demand. This is the minimum well, that he, we demand. Here's an example. Chris Judd came in and, and you know who he replaced as captain? A guy who he delisted. Was that Lance Whitnell? Lance. Yeah. That was the standard at the football club. That was the prevailing standard at the football club. It was a captain yeah. who was delisted. Pizzas and TABs. So you sort of go and... It's not a winning combination, Timbo. It sounds good. No. 
but it's not the place you want to be if you want to be a professional athlete. Um, oh, but that push and shove at halftime, it was just too little too late for me. The time to do that was when the Lions had got that run on and it's that shut the door, Fab. It's that, it's that they, don't, they don't get another shot on target. We talk about soccer, it's a funny running gag we have, but that idea, they don't get another shot off. You know, we close them, we press them, etc. But that mentality of they don't kick another goal for the fucking quarter. Well, what I don't understand is why do we, why do we concede five goals over a quarter? So we, we, we concede the time. We, we, we lose half an hour of a game. But why do five or six goals in 30 minutes and not just 30 minutes in a cup? Why not identify and literally put a stop to it? If offensively we, we shut down, who gives a yeah, fuck? who cares? Rather than copying five, cop two, cop three. Yeah. Stem, stem the bleed. There's just... And I was just wrapped to see David Teague finally... We'll talk about this later. We'll get to this. Don't... It's fucking shit. Don't shoot your bolt on this one, Fab, because we're going to get back to David Teague. Um... I think that, look, we started the game relatively well and, and the mindset is an interesting thing. That is it because the pressure wasn't on to win the game? There was no pressure on us to get a result. The pressure to perform for Simo was there, but the pressure of expectation to win because we had to win to make the eight or keep ourselves in touch with the eight was gone. So we played with a bit more freedom. But once again, that's my issue. We still play with a glass jaw even when there's nothing on the line. We yeah. shuffle around the ring. We look really good. We score some goals. We're going to talk about our forward structure a little bit, which was good early. Um, you know, we land a couple of jabs. As soon as we cop one ourselves, we're jelly-legged. We're done. Yeah. We're, oh, my God. Jesus, shit. The Hawthorne game, magnificent example. We cop a goal, and rather than, now oh, we're going to kick a goal. Don't worry about it, guys. We keep doing what we've been doing. Everything goes to shit. Everything yeah. falls apart. The framework falls apart. The mindset falls apart. Everyone's focus goes away. It's... That's what's so disappointing. And then finally, Timbo, I don't know about you, put the tweet out about it. We can't keep having mediocre players have career days against us. It happens far too often. We seem to pick someone in the opposition every week and say, this week's your testimonial, buddy. You're going to have the fucking game of your life. Josh Thomas, Lachlan <laughs> Scholl, tonight it was fucking Archie. These are deeply fucking mediocre players who have career best days against us. I'm not convinced Scholl will play 50 games of AFL football. Well, they've been talking about that he is one of the elite kicks in the AFL on left and right this week. (laughs) So, like, he went pick 60 in the draft or or, or whatever it worked out to be. Just calm your jets. Yeah, all power to Lachlan Scholl. If he ends up being one of the better players in, in our competition for a long time to come, mate, well done. Well done, but... We made him look good. We didn't man him up. We didn't respect him. He got his confidence up. He got a, a roll on. And as you say, he had a banner day. All power to you, buddy. Fantastic. They 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 reeled off the fact that oh, Callum Archie's had more intercept marks in a game than you know than Jeremy McGovern's had, and that Darcy Moore's had, and and, and reeled off some of the better defenders in in the AFL. He wasn't taking them in contests the way that those guys do. He was standing on his own 15 metres in the clear and we were kicking it straight to him. Now, I know a stat is a stat and people seize upon it and all that sort of stuff and they don't always think about it and, and what does it actually mean. But he played okay. He got a little bit of the footy, but we just made him look good. And Fabian, the thing for me that I take out of that is really good teams. You know, your Hawthorns of a couple of years ago, your Tigers at the moment pick a good team from any era, that doesn't happen. No. Some no. kid, some kid, you know, kicking the dew off the grass last week 
doesn't come into the team and play a blinder because they sit there and no. they go. And people people think this doesn't happen. A good team of Tigers don't sit there in the meeting room and go, Lockie Scholl's our target man. This guy doesn't get a kick. But they sit there and they go, if he starts to look okay, nah, this isn't happening. Yeah, yeah. Not, not on our watch. No, nah, this not isn't happening. This kid's this kid's yeah. not free will and doing this shit today. Fuck that. Yeah. If we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose to A, B, and C. Yeah. We're not we're not losing because of this prick. No. Nah. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. stay with yeah, you. Yeah. Make, make Taylor Walker the winning goal. When we're playing the GWS, who was that? Um, the little indigenous kid. Well, actually, I don't mind him. But, um Yeah. Can someone just fucking hit him, and he will not go near the contest. Again, no, yeah, yeah. Just with the, the razzle dazzle and all that sort of stuff, you know, the yeah, the, mo- the, 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 the flair like, in his game, and that's give away yeah. a free kick, and that's and I'm identify now, someone, you know give away a free kick, doesn't matter, hurt them, put the fear of doubt just enough, put the fear of doubt. I don't want to unload. I don't want to unload on the Brisbane Lions because they are the team I'm now supporting for the nope. play. I but, hope um, they get bundled straight out again. Um, they're every chance to. Richmond Cam Rayner, and I them. like Cam Rayner, but Cam Rayner is soft as shit. Oh. He is soft as shit. D- and that diving in front of goal, I mean, they, that's not, they're not going to win your premiership. Taking put out of contest and stuff, mate. If he was one of ours, we would be absolutely ruthless on him. Oh. Now, the kid's obviously got talent. He's skillful, but fuck, put your head over it every now and then, champ. We're going to stay no, with, it didn't look yeah. good at all. We're going to stay with you, Fabian. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the selection going into the game. When the team came out on Friday night, we did seem as though we were tall. We had two rucks. We had uh, Harry, Casbolt, and Mitch in there. Mitch started the game back, and you sort of went, okay, that's the plan has revealed itself a little bit. It makes a little bit more sense. We're going to play De Koning forward, pinch-hitting ruck. Then the rain came. Did we not have the bomb app? Did we not have iOS 14? We, we had, we probably the... had the same app that Luke Hodge. Did, did... <laughs> it wasn't going to rain. Did we not have the iOS app, the new app, where you can put the big weather widget on your home screen? It just tells you the weather all the time. Did we not look at that? Am I the only one who hates the widgets? The widgets no, are shit. Not uh, everybody's mother's a meteorologist, though, Sean, just quietly. Neither's so. mine. Mom, she works yeah. at the Bureau, but she's not a meteorologist. Um, <laughs> For all <laughs> intents and purposes, she is. I'm not actually a doctor. Listeners, I'm then sorry, again, to, sorry to inform. Then again, having said that, Mike Larkin was a beloved weatherman for 25 years. He's not a meteorologist either. Well, yeah, um, that's true too. Shout out to Mikey's Sands job. Out of a job. He's yeah, he's yeah. been replaced by Channel 10's Jane Bunn. Um, but the, the point... Jane Bunn on Channel 7. No, no, I mean, like, they've just hired another, like, a, like a, oh. an attractive woman avatar to stand there so that idiotic middle-aged men can gawk at, as she reads the weather. Um because they were feeling like they were losing that segment of the market to Channel uh, 7. Um, oh, yeah, we did seem tall, and you sort of went, oh, okay, they're going to play Mitch back, whatever, and then it rains. Yep. And it's just disastrous. But, yeah. but, but, Sean, I think the other thing that needs to be, you know, the point that needs to be mated, uh, m- made, sorry, as... <laughs> <laughs> it's odd. Um, as, as hair-brained an idea as it was, Collingwood, in preparation for finals trained the other day with footballs dipped in water and baby oil because ridiculous. absolutely when, ridiculous. Well look, it is and it isn't. It's ludicrous, <laughs> but, Tim. It's fucking look, ludicrous. It's it's a little bit peculiar, but at the end of the day as they're sort of saying, you're up in Queensland, you kick the footy around in the middle of the day, there is not an issue in the world with the handling of the ball. The moment the dew descends, 
it makes it harder, and they're just trying to replicate the the conditions. Yeah, but water doesn't have the viscosity of of baby oil. <laughs> like, no, no, like no, if it's no, wet. I get, I get it, but all they're trying to do is they're trying to train to the conditions that they're going to be playing in, so that they don't have to adjust on the fly. And to to that end, you go. I've got to give you kudos for actually having a crack at trying to. Um, uh, mirror the situation and the conditions that you're going to be playing in. Like, that's intelligent. No, it's but, not. Timbo, but, when you were at Port no, Adelaide... No, but, my, but my point, Sean, is even if the rain didn't come, even if we did have the bomb app that worked and, and it was still saying that we weren't going to get torrential rain... The dew that we were going to have, I still think counts against playing that many tools in our forward line anyway. I, com- I think it was just, I think it was just the wrong selection. I completely agree. Before we get to Fab for his opinions on this, when you were at Port Adelaide, Timbo, did you have any yes. oversight? Do you have any any inf- intel on what Warren Treadray's baby oil budget was? <laughs> I, I was not cognizant of uh, that sort of information. No. He was the shiniest man to ever take an <laughs> AFL field. <laughs> You could see your reflection in him. Like you walk up to him, he was unbelievable. Do you remember him? I don't remember him being look all up that a clip shoddy. Of, look up a clip, particularly a night game when the lights are really hitting the the biceps. Dipped in, dipped in, crisper, dipped in Crisco. It was ridiculous. Look up a, a Port Adelaide like a night game from you know the mid two thousands. Treaders is glowing. <laughs> He's got so much oil on. Uh, yeah, selection fab, but just felt felt off um, from the get go. And mm. as the night revealed itself, you just went, oh, no. Especially given their ruck stocks. They've got Stefan Martins coming back. From 10 weeks out. Oscar McInerney is Shit. not that great a football. <laughs> um, I thought and he, he had moments in the game where he was all right, but then he just, he, his overall performance wasn't great. But Pitt, Pitnet just, I just would have rucked to Conning. Just, just make a call one way or another. You know, big, you, you've yeah, got Levi there. I would have been to Connie, but yeah, I wouldn't have gone with both. We just—it was yeah. unnecessary. Mm. It was a chance to be able to get one more game into Dow or O'Brien or you know, just another, another opportunity to put another midfielder in. Just yeah. we just we need that, that you know the strength in numbers because we are that's that's the one area in which we we struggle. And and the opposition just they, they were not formidable. If you were coming up against Brody Grundy or you were coming up against Max Gorman and Braden Proust in a game, and you needed two big bodies that were going to compete all day, you know, if it was Nat Nui and whoever's rucking with him at the moment, I think it is actually Bailey Williams at the moment, but call it Nathan Vardy or Tom Hickey. If you need the two big bodies, fine. You know, I, I, I respect the decision. I don't respect the decision when you're going up against Stefan Martin and Oscar McInerney. Totally. Uh, we'll get on, obviously, look, the, the one of the biggest talking points out of the game will undoubtedly be the usually unflappable David Teague's first real spray, first real, you know, channeling the spirit of David Parkin at halftime. He had the vein, um, he, he looked fired up for, for the first time in his tenure, at least, in front of the camera. Um, mm. They had the audio for a couple of seconds. I, I, I They muted it, but the first couple of seconds, you couldn't make anything out, but you could hear the Oh, you knew. Yeah, yeah the veracity, uh, the the anger in his voice, which was, I was just happy to see it. Like, is it too little? Are two, is it too who little are the two blokes? Oh, without doubt, without doubt. But at least he's got it in his in his kit bag if needed. But as we always sort of said, if you've got two massive sprays a year, you've got to use them and use them sparingly. But if the first one that he's done is at half time in a dead rubber in a se- you know in a season that's done, 
um, you've you've missed a trick. You've missed an opportunity. Hmm. Is that all you two have to say about that? You don't. Uh... Oh no, no, just I, I love. Look, he, he he went Crips and he went Weedering. They were the two that he went at. And, and... imagine Weedering going, "I've been fucking outstanding this year, David. No, what are you having no, to go no, with me was... for?" He was pushing the leadership. Obviously, the, the, the talk has been it's the leaders on the field that have to set the tone, and when we concede two in a row or three in a row, you've got to hold court and you've got to make sure that we don't concede a fourth and we don't concede a fifth, and it didn't fucking happen. And he called him out for it. And, and the good thing is he, he's not calling out Cam Polson. He's not calling out um, you know Tommy Williamson or whatever it happens to be. He's going straight to his leaders because he knows that they're the blokes that afterwards that can say that he can say, um, "I'm calling you out because I know I can say whatever you, whatever I want, and it's it's going to be more off a duck's back for you guys because I know you'll be resilient and come back and still give me a hundred percent effort." Um, but um, and and you've got to know your targets to that end. But um, but yeah, you've got to make the point. You've got to make the point. Do you think that it was a, a, a con, uh, a byproduct possibly of people wanting that from him for a couple of weeks now? Do you think it came? I don't know. There's something about me where I go, did it come organically enough? Because there have been people asking this question for a few weeks now that you sh- could have done it against them, you could have done it against them, you could have done it at three quarter time. Would here. that information have trickled down to it? I think you'd I be think, aware of it. I think it has to. I, I think it has to. Uh, even if it's sort of a media manager or something like that, you know what. What are the jungle drums saying? But, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we're a backyard podcast and we can identify the fact that he's not going hard enough and he's been too matey with his players. If we think it, we cannot be the only people in the football fraternity or the only people that are involved with the footy club. Agree completely. Um, I will stay with you, Timbo, there. I think that we've spoken a little bit this season about the idea of don't be beaten by what you know. Don't, Don't let the opposition beat you playing the way you know they're going to play. To that end, why did we let that fat little butterball, Daniel Rich, saunter <laughs> through the middle of the ground twice and be a threat running, you know, off basically the centre square, centre circle, sorry, and kicking inside 50? Sean, my line I wrote said, Rich goal, unchecked. Don't get beaten by what you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we've been doing this together for far too long. But, yeah, exactly right. I mean, and, and when you watched it, I think it was, I think it was Jones moved towards the guy that got the ball. I think it was Birchall, and then Birchall pushed it the fifteen meter handball. And because he'd moved one way, there was, he was just far enough away that he couldn't put pressure on. And look, as we know, Daniel Rich, Daniel Rich has one trick. He's he survived fourteen years in the AFL with his one trick, but it's a really bloody good trick. But if you know that that's all he can do and all he's going to do then stand Cam Polson next to him or, or stand him a metre in front of him and have him run everywhere he goes and he goes, you, he is not to get a sight at, at goal. Just not to do it. And 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 if it's not Cam Polson, it's Cade Simpson. If it's not Cade Simpson, it's Tom Williamson. Yeah, that the, is the game plan. Don't let him do that because you give him the opportunity, he'll go bang, 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 he'll kick three goals and the game's probably over. Given where he's come from, it's probably on Gibbons or Eddie Betts. Or someone prop- to follow him. Yeah, and I'll just say as an example, but yeah, yep. you just there has to be somebody who because he stands eighty meters off, you know, from or goal. Yeah, and he is just there and he's waiting and he's there the whole time. Um, and he didn't really like 
he, he was probably one of their better players tonight, and some would say he might have even been the difference. I don't think he was, because I think he does what he does. His cameo role is so bloody infrequent that, to me, it doesn't count for anything, but it's just all of it. it you may as well start two goals behind if you're not going to be accountable to him. And then if you're still good enough to beat Brisbane when you've given them a two-goals head start or power to you, but why give a sucker an even break? Completely agree. I think that, you know, 2021, it, it really looms as, as a massive year for the club and the coach. Every year's a big year. Tim, you spoke about last week the idea that a year wasted is is not good enough. You, you sit there and you go, ultimately, your window is so so finite that you can't be wasting years of development, years of improvement, years of potentially contending for finals and, and flags. But the way that this year has panned out, it was a great opportunity to pinch a final spot ahead yep. of schedule. You know, next season, I think the pressure now comes on the club. This was the last chance that the club reasonably had, Fab, to be a surprise packet. Oh, wow, geez, the Blues have played some good footy. They've made next year it's, it's finals or bust. And the pressure that will bear on the football club as a result, I worry about. Especially given how we've handled any type of pressure or any type of expectation. So, um, but absolutely, it's, it is finals or bust next season. And, and, and anyone who doesn't even want to embrace that expectation needs to have a good uh, look at himself because we're, we're, we're done with the development. We're done with the, you know, time and pay. It is, we are now at that next evolution of the rebuild and we need to be playing finals. I'm not what? saying top four or minor premierships or even winning a final, but we need to we need to be playing finals. Well, I think I think the two things, and you're absolutely right, Fabian. We this year we were yet to prove ourselves. We were yet to prove we were good enough. So my expectation was never that we would make finals, but if we did, it was a bonus. It wasn't beyond our capability, but it wasn't an expectation. I think exactly as we've been saying, the mindset now has to be: next season we make finals, and 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 just scraping in by winning the final round of the year and scraping into the eighth spot, that's not good enough either. The expectation, as you say, it don't, we don't have to be a top four side, but we have to be that competitive against every team that we play that you know we're comfortably inside the final eight. And if that still means we're seventh or we're sixth or we're fifth or whatever, so be it. But we're going to take care of our business and do what we need to do better and certainly do it for longer in games than what we've been doing because we've proven this year three out of four quarters in nearly every single game we play, we're as good or better than our opposition, but we let ourselves down. Do you, we do need you... to produce four-quarter efforts on a more consistent basis. And if we don't do four, you've just got to min- you've got to minimise the bleeding in that fourth quarter when we're not quite delivering. Would you but, like, but, but to me, it's not acceptable. Would you like our administration, our, our senior leadership figures to be not, I'm not saying they have to be outwardly, um, you know, I'm not sure they have to broadcast this to the world because there's nothing worse than, I'll give an example, there's nothing worse than um, committing yourself to something like this. We did it with Fev many years ago. Greg Swan came out and placated the media by saying, if he does one more time, he's gone. And you go, well, you're just, you're playing with fire, mate. Yeah. Especially with the media, the way that they are, exactly yeah, right. they'll, they'll seize upon that in a way that. So I'm not saying that we come out and say it's finals or bust, but I would like internally, totally, the directive to our coaching group, whoever they end up being, that the expectation in 2021 is that we play finals. 
that's a, a non-negotiable. That is the expectation. Yeah. That is what we... Fab, what do you reckon when Ole Solskjaer walks into the uh, executive vice chairman's office, what do you reckon Ed Woodward's telling him is a good season? Top four, minimum. 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 And he, do you reckon, Ole, do you reckon Frank Lampard leaves Roman Abramovich's yacht moored in... Um, uh, where would he? Where would he have his yacht? Positano. Positano. No, he, he'd have it moored somewhere in London. He'd have it at um, what's the uh, <laughs> what's that? They built a new, their financial district. I've just drawn a blank. They've built this unbelievable, like modern city of glass and steel. Like London's one of the most beautiful old cities in the world, and their financial district is on this man-made island, and it's just a complete contrast. It'll be somewhere there. But when Frank Lampard walks to talk to Roman Abramovich, having been given two hundred million pounds. What's the expectation? I reckon Frank's got a, an expectation a little bit bigger than four. No, exactly this right. Season. But is he under is he honest. under any illusion speaking to management that if you no. finish if you finish fourth, you're and, probably and, out of and a job. Both those examples will get the chop if they don't finish top four. Just yeah. do your best, Frank. Just do your best, Frank. <laughs> all I ask for is your best. <laughs> that's all I want from you, but yeah. So that's, Frank, Frank would have been given that last year, but not, but not, not this yeah, year. Exactly. Absolutely. So our management, I would love for them to be really upfront with David uh, Teague and his coaches. They don't have to say it. I would, uh, I would recommend against them saying it publicly because the worst thing you can do is put those expectations on yourself, especially when you're as um, uh, got some the issues that we have in terms of mentality. Um, we'll, we'll touch obviously on the start because because our start was actually. Pretty positive. You know, our, our ball movement was really good. It was direct. Uh, we moved it quickly, Timbo. We moved it to our forwards' advantage. We hit up uh, leads. We created space and exploited space by moving the ball um, in that direct fashion. We didn't let them set up behind the ball. It was it was great. We kicked it straight down the ground a couple of times from kick-ins. We went corridor almost, not, not, not every single time, but it was players were just given licence just do it. There's you lose nothing now, so just have a crack. And and look, you roll the dice, and you still, as they sort of said, you're playing against one of the best teams in the competition at hurting you on turnover. And we were still, for a while, we were prepared enough to be able to take the game on. And it didn't matter what happened. I, I think what was most interesting tonight is we talked about there was a stat going around that our average losing margin in the final round of the year over the last five seasons was like 67 points. Last and three, thought, it's 85. Well, there you go. And so then you just sort of thought there was a huge risk that that was. And after last week's performance against Adelaide, it was every possibility it was going to happen. So to kick four goals straight, go in in front at quarter time and be playing daring football, you thought... Fantastic. But what a what a welcome change. If nothing else, that's proven the strides that we've taken forward as a football team right there and then. And Fab, just as impressive and, and as heartening as that was, it was it was incredibly disheartening to lose our dare the way that we did when pushed, when challenged, and seemingly completely abandon what had worked in the first quarter. It's it's, it's like we lose confidence. That's what it is. So qu- we just lose it so quickly. And then we just go a full 180 from what we've been doing. Now, I know sometimes, and, and there is, you can't just keep doing what you're doing because obviously it's not working, whether it be temporarily or, or the whole thing. So you just you have to make adjustments, but to com- go completely into your shell and 
allow a team to totally overrun you and change the course of the game is just so disappointing. And it happens, or it's happened nearly every fucking game this season. I reckon bar the Gold Coast game, Lots. I can't think of another game in which we didn't have a lapse, like, like a, a significant lapse. Bulldogs. Bulldogs. That was a pretty complete performance, actually. Yeah. 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 And then who, who look like they're going to make finals, and we beat them by fifty. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Fitty. And that's that's Fitty. the frustrating part of the Fitty. the journey that has been the season, where you go, our best is is I think is good enough. Is good enough to to finish in what would in normal years be a home elimination final. But as you said, I don't think this side mentally and psychologically is ready to play in an elimination final at the moment. At least if you played in the elimination final with a, with the same sort of approach as what we did today, where you're going, we've got nothing to lose. I mean, I don't know who's going to finish fifth on the ladder. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to the Coast. jostling for positions. Well, fuck, if we went to West Coast in West Coast, aside from the fact that we'd have one god-awful fucking pineapple against them, because that's what happened last time... Um, that could be that, well. It could end up nasty, but then obviously the fact that Kennedy went down the other night—that's that, a really big piece in their puzzle and their structure that would uh, that would that would really suffer from. Because somebody else would have to go out on Lake Weedering too. So, Lake, Lake Weedering is is not where you want to be if you're wearing opposition colours. If you're wearing navy Correct. blue, Lake Weedering is the place to be. But look, calming waters, very very calming waters. You can't beat it. Um, I think very, very Positano esque. <laughs> You're very big on Positano tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a mate, mate, got, cabin mate, of mine ma- mate of mine got married in Positano, and yeah, it's just when? it's oh, not lately. <laughs> I was going to say you can't get out. Um, it's about three years ago. And then ultimately, when the laps came, such as it was, the rain came, Timbo, and, yeah. and we just went yep. to water. You know, you sit there at halftime, eleven shots to four in the second quarter. We conceded twenty-three inside fifties to three. We were absolutely torn up because of lack skills exiting D fifty. A lot of kicks that shouldn't be under pressure. A lot of you know simple skill execution that brought us undone. A lot of unforced errors were really key to that run on that ultimately shut the door on the game. And and it just it robbed us of confidence. It it they. We wouldn't try enough. It was the long bailout kick only was what the, we we revert to. We just we just need to stay true to ourselves, keep the ball moving, aim to hit the targets. And and again, it, the ones that we missed were the ones that you just didn't like. The I think the one that Weedering missed, you sat there and you gone, that was just it was a shame. It yeah, was, it was a shame. You, you could tell that he didn't hit it clean, but when you when you saw the down the ground vision, and and we're not always given that. You could sort of see that whoever it was was you know, another ten meters back. He was on his own and was fifteen meters in space. Yeah. It was the perfect decision, and he just didn't quite exercise, uh, uh, you know, you know um, execute it as he needed to. If he did, it would have gone out the back to a guy that was on the run and in space, and all of a sudden we're out and we're going. We've, so we've we, spoken we were Timbo, that close to it working. Well, we've spoken Timbo too about if if you want a guy taking that kick, it is Jacob Weeden because he's probably yep. the best kick in the team. He's a he's a lad. Probably is. Yeah, and, and yeah, look, when it's a he's genuine probably one, one for the year. <laughs> when it's a genuine, just ah, oh, he's he's just shaked it. Like he's just you go. Yeah. No one can be perfect, but um, that lapse came fab. And I suppose from our point of view, at least, you just sat there and went, "What are we trying to do to arrest this?" And you look at the team and you look at the the, the sort of the layout of, the, of who's where, and you sit there going, "Gibbons is still playing in kind of a forward pocket." 
Cunners is still kind of playing against. We're not getting the ball to these guys. I, I would clear out that fucking fifty and have everyone around the ball. It'd be so congested. But we did do that. In a way, when we got the ball, like, I don't know how many times I can look at Samo, and this isn't a knock on Samo, get it, look up and go, there's legitimately nothing for me to kick this to. So. And even when he did a couple of times tonight, Samo, he just hesitated on a few occasions. So when he had options, they went very quickly because he was just hesitant tonight. Should we adopt a. When the rain came, I I actually thought to myself, this could be Samo's night. Well, should we actually yeah. think about adopting in these, t- particularly against good teams? Like, I, I'm one that has advocated very strongly for a, a tightening of the deliberate out of bounds. Should we just do the, the old rugby union and sit there and go, I'm going to kick this fucker 70 metres down the line and I hope it goes out of bounds and then we're going to just push up. That's our opportunity. As soon as the ball goes out of play, we exit, we get ourselves out of dodge. Because at the moment we are hemmed in our own half, we can't get the ball out. This is how we get it out. We give away a free kick. Concede it, prevent it. Concede yeah. it professionally. We give away yeah. the free kick, yeah. and then we leave the area, and then we try to set up our zone to win the ball back on turnover in the middle of the park, rather than just hoik it. And you know what? It sounds silly. Put the ball, even if you can't get it 50 meters down the line, put the ball into the third tier. Absolutely. And sit there and go. You're going. It's going to take them 30 seconds to get this ball back. Whilst that's happening, we'll we'll set up. Well, turn, turnover in footy um, is, you know, they, they keep stats now on how much you score because of the turnovers that you make because when you make errors in the wrong part of the field, it's so easy to get bludgeoned the other way. So you're absolutely right. If, if, if you as a team in one game said, right, if you're ever under pressure, put it into the third tier, it, it would there would probably be an outcry tantamount oh, to yeah. the when when uh, Joel Bowden and his mates were stepping back over the line on a kick in because they sort of said we're not set up in the way that we want. You, you're actually penalising yourself by conceding a point. Kicking into the third level of the grandstand concedes nothing. If if, if but if they got a hold of it, it would probably end up being oh we now believe that you deliberately kicked it out in the full, so therefore it is a free kick and fifty now. And I'd go, it, so it, that's w- not w- the w- rule, w- dickhead. Well, no, that would probably be what, what they would great, change it to. The great Steve Hawking. The great Steve Hawking, really. Oh, Steve. He, just, he, he was fair to middling at best. He was tough and he <laughs> was a good footballer. He's right. not a great. He's yeah. not a great. I nearly threw up my chocolate mousse when they said Steve Hawking. So did, they, did they reckon it's Gary Hawking <laughs> sitting That's in what the stand? I said. Yeah. It's an old whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do realise he has a brother. <laughs> I just. Whilst we're on Steve Hawking, has, good hand, that <laughs> Ben Sexton, um, I think that whilst we're on Steve Hawking, has any one individual ever spoken such a big game about I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to fix the game, and actually conclusively made it worse? Every decision this knobhead comes up with is not for the betterment <laughs> of the game. Every decision he puts on the table, this, I've got the studies, I've got the numbers, and that's the oh, the data is conclusive. 666 is going to fix the game. We're going to have the extra room for a kick out. Scoring's never been lower, knob face. Yeah. Teams who's can't who's, score. Who's, doing, who's yeah. doing his modelling, mate? It's the little Asian guy who's oh. doing the, uh, COVID, the COVID model. The supercomputer. Yeah. And then you got the what was the other one? Supercomputer ca- takes thirty six hours to run. <laughs> and what was the other one he came up with? It was going to oh, like came up with something else. It was going to change and fix the game. The idea that uh, or like shorter quarters, the footy will be more ballistic. 
You, no. Yep. No. And now all the media that he sold this fairy tale to, to sell to us, even they're going, no, this is shit. Shorter quarters are crap. Yep. You idiot, Steve. Hopefully he's going to be out of a job soon too. Um, Steve. We'll go back to you, Fab. I think whilst that lapse was frustrating, whilst it did put us out of arm's reach and make the job pretty much impossible, we didn't go out without a whimper. The boys, they, the they, response, they the dug in and they toughed it out and they, they saw the game out and they saw the season out in at least a positive manner. The We actually didn't get enough reward for effort in that third quarter. I thought we were... Rainer's goal was a kick to the Jets. Yep. Yeah. It was a smack in the teeth. It was, yeah. It just... um, But, yeah, the response... The response was good, and I can't help but feel it's a direct it, it's a direct response to the David Teague spray, the David Teague call call to arms to say, guys, what the fuck is happening? It's no coincidence that happens. We go out and have a better third quarter than we did the second. It did. You know what? It's time for Fab. It's time for another Alex Ferguson uh, metaphor. Um, what a great Mark Bosnich, Boz, man with the best laugh in the business. He, he, <laughs> he could tell a joke that's like mildly amusing, but then his own cackle at the end of his the joke. The video of him when they were talking about, there was a, a, a job that was out there and he was on the, um, he was on the sports bet marketing to, for the job. He was ne- he was never in the running for the job, but he was thirty to one. <laughs> and Robbie Slater was having a go at him, and he just goes thirty to one. I don't see you or Robbie on there, and then <laughs> lost his shit. He just started laughing. <laughs> the gag itself was like, oh, yeah, but then him losing the plot made it genuinely yeah, he funny. Losing the- and then someone put it on Twitter and just said, "Coke to the eyeballs." <laughs> <laughs> But he, Boz, are doing Boz told a great story about how, you know, obviously his time at Manchester United and what Alex Ferguson, you know, he'd, he'd come down and prowl the touchline. He said, there's no wonder why United teams would finish halves well. He goes, because they knew that an absolute bollocking was coming. He goes, they knew it. He goes, you'd look at the touchline and you'd go, and you could pick the moments, oh, you've misplaced a pass or you didn't track a run or you didn't provide overlap or whatever. It could be the smallest thing that actually didn't have any influence on anything at all. He goes, he would tear you and your asshole about it. He goes, and no one wanted to be the guy to cop the bollocking. So he goes, he'd come to the touchline in the last five or ten minutes of the half. He goes, we had to give him something to be happy about. So David T giving them an absolute... Like an, you know, tearing them in your asshole. You're sitting. I don't want to go to the three quarter time huddle, and I haven't given Tiggy an effort or you know, what I promised or such and such. Be empty. That's a fantastic attitude to have. Sitting going, yeah. I don't want to go to the huddle and be in the gun because I didn't do something we had talked about or I'd switched off or you know whatever the case may be. And it's it's a great way to do it. Um, in terms of individual shout outs, Fab and uh, and Timbo, we'll lead off with you, Timbo. Once again, I'm. I get nervous throwing you certain players. Um, Harry Mackay has finished the season exceptionally well. He had the yips a couple of weeks ago, but um, he's hit rounds 15, 16, 17 odd in, in tremendous form. And you sort of, he would leave the season thinking, on a couple more weeks. Fab and I went to pre season training the day that. Kansas City Chiefs came from about four touchdowns behind against Houston Texans, I think. 
and he was still running 100 metres at the time. Um, he was so far away from playing football. So obviously the, the COVID break for him served to get his body right and get him ready to be able to go out and just train, let alone play. This season for a guy who's 204 centimetres tall and having issues below his waist should have been a dead set write-off. To recover from where he started from, to get back into match fitness, find form, and then probably end the season as probably the most dominant marking big man in the competition, especially at or under the age of, what, 23, um, is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable what he's been able to get out of his season. And, and again, with a lack of consistency of effort from the blokes around him, you know, no Charlie Curnow, um, McGovern not quite holding up his role of responsibility. And, and Casbolt started magnificently, but his season has trailed off. To have he's done so much and carried it on his own, he, he's... I don't think I don't think words do it justice because he he has sprinted to the finish line this year and and if nothing else the confidence that should have given him and his preparedness to do the work to have a really really big preseason and go again on the back of what he's done he should have a great 2021 all things going well absolutely uh, Fabian another guy he was, he was sorry I'll just touch on what Tim said he was so I remember you just triggered my memory. He was doing like runs up and down the boundary lines with Brody Kemp, and Kemp looked like he was moving better yeah. than Harry that day. It was like shit. Oh, I looked at Tim and I said, "He ain't playing. He, he's nowhere near it. Was, he was nowhere near it." So yeah, it, it, it's a testament to how we, he's finished off the season. So, yeah, well, he did, he, he did carry what should have been a, a couple of week groin injury for about ten months. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. The other guy that's finished the season in absolutely stunning form, Fabian, is Sam Walsh. And he, uh, the, the the sister-in-law, has finished off, once again, Tim said his words can't do it justice. He has been absolutely exceptional in the last sort of five and six weeks. It's almost as though we spoke about the shorter quarters might blunt his effectiveness when the games have piled up and they've been back to back to back. The season has really come to him. Uh, tonight, when Paddy Cripps goes down, he's hobbled for you know most of the first half. Doesn't play any of the second half. This kid in his second year put the team on his back. He was absolutely phenomenal. Last year, he had the year of years as a, as a rookie. This year, he's added the. When we talk about leaders and our lack of leadership, he has shown that when it's time for you to stand up he has stood up and his last six weeks have been absolutely near on flawless. Um, I don't know how many BOGs we've given him, but oh, this is a kid who, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a kid who in two years of football, you could not have, literally, you could not have asked for any more than what he has delivered. People continue to, uh, people continue to, Fabian. I've never seen a guy. Well, they can go and get fucked, Sean. I've never seen a guy <laughs> play the football he has played and get so little respect. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. Um, Timbo, we don't want to labour the point on Walsh because what is there left to be said? He's, he's phenomenal. A guy who I thought really came in and, and did not a bad job for us, by no means exceptional, but. Matty Kennedy, I thought tonight, he's a guy that's been clamouring for the opportunity. We've been clamouring for him to be given the opportunity in a, in a support role to a Paddy Cripps. And I thought he was actually pretty positive. I thought he was 
good in tight to clear congestion. I thought he was a valuable link in transition. Um, petered out a little bit as the game sort of went on, but there's, there's enough there to work with with Matty Kennedy. Without doubt. And, and look, it, the fact that it was a wet night and, you know, the the skids on Matty is that he, he just doesn't quite just quite seem to have the requisite pace to be a, a regular cornerstone of the midfield, you know, especially if you've got Cripper next to him who's not lightning himself. Um, but again, on a wet night um, where you needed a contest and a big body and competitiveness and a, and, and a bit of mongrel as well, tick, 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 tick. And, uh, you know, and it's why we recruited him. Um, we we knew what we were going to get with him, and we've all talked about you know his body hasn't sort of you know supported him along the way. Well, you know a decent run of it this year, you know probably not enough times in the game, but he's shown you know what you're going to get with Matt Kennedy. Now with contracting lists and all that sort of stuff, you know where are we at? He is out of contract at the end of the season. Is he going to get continue to get chances at Carlton to be able to play first team footy? You know, if he didn't end up at Carlton next year, it'd be disappointing, but you'd probably understand why. But again, having seen what we saw tonight... Um, How old is he, Timbo? 23. Matthew Kennedy would be 23, yeah. Uh, you persist with Matthew Kennedy. Yeah, absolutely, you persist. Given that midfield and depth of midfield is our weakness, you would be loath, you'd be loath to almost lo- move any midfielder on for fear of not being able to top up in behind them. Now, you know, if we can... If we can get a Zach Williams into the side or someone like that, you know, whether Zach Williams plays as a halfback flanker at our club or he plays wing or he plays inside midfield, well, that's the second half of of that, you know, you know, situation. Um, but again, bringing a bloke with pace in that could complement a guy, a bigger body that can find the footy like a Matthew Kennedy is not a bad thing anyway. So I, it might even extend his career. I feel fab that one of my big bugbears with what we do with, with guys, whether it be Matty Kennedy, Paddy Dow, Lockie O'Brien, the list is seemingly endless now. A lot of guys, David Cunningham, guys with talent. Talent's not the problem. Maybe it's application. Maybe it's mentality. Maybe it's preparation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is no doubt in my mind that one of the problems we have is with faith and patience and giving them both to actually reach the potential and, and and find the form and the talent that we saw in them to either pick them with blue-chip draft picks or bring them to the club. We just don't seem to give them the faith or the patience they need. And the longer we don't show that faith and don't show that patience, we get to a point in our evolution as a team where we don't have the time to give them anymore. Yep. These are the seasons in which you can put a block together and say, no, this is, this is your block. Now, in a year to two years' time, you can't give players blocks. That's when you're picking form 22 and whoever's up and running at that time. So it comes back to one of these things about development versus wins. And this year, did we get the balance right in the sense that we probably sacrificed development to get some more wins? But in saying that, did we capitalise and actually get enough wins to justify how much we shifted, if you get what I'm saying? No. But I I think you've said it before too, Fab, with no VFL, we're on a hiding to nothing. You, 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 You had to play somebody and you probably had to play somebody that you had faith and confidence could give you what you wanted for longer during the game. 
And as a result, especially given that they weren't doing enough training during the year, you generally erred on an older player as a result of it. Totally. And, uh, and, 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 and it's probably the right call. And then, obviously, yeah. before we just one uh, one more f- shout out from a player's point of view, uh, Shane Warne obviously had his bunny, Daryl Cullinan. Uh, Lockie Plowman's got his bunny. It's Charlie Cameron. He just has Charlie's number at the moment. And again, tonight was outstanding. I, When the ball broke over the back for Charlie to run into the space, I just thought, I actually said audibly, Plow doesn't deserve this. Yeah, yeah. I was when he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve... Sammy Rowe had a game on um, uh, Lance Franklin a couple of years ago where they isolated him. And he did not a bad job. And Franklin ends up kicking his three or four. And he got a couple where you just went, Sammy Rowe doesn't deserve this. He's battled his guts out one-on-one against the most dangerous player on the ground. And he doesn't deserve to cop the goals. He's copping one out with no support because he's he's more than won his share of contests. And Lockie Plowman tonight, uh, again, on Charlie Cameron, was absolutely flawless, I thought. His, his pure defence and his... The concentration and his application when the ball's coming in and obviously the way that he reads where the ball is, where his player is... He, he obviously does that really, really well. Sometimes when the ball hits the ground and it's free and he's under pressure and trying to find somebody else, sometimes he, he, he gets a little bit wobbly in those sorts of situations. But when it comes down to purely defending the situation and denying his direct opponent getting the footy, there's a few that are better. I mean, again, you know, we all know there are days when he gets opened up by an opposition that's too quick and can beat him on a lead to that space in front. And, you know, Jaden Stevenson's been the poster boy for that for a couple of games now. But nearly every other time in every situation, he's pretty bloody reliable. And if if you want to if you want to tear tear strips off him for his obvious flaws and his obvious errors, well, that's fine. But the, those same people that do that don't see what he does week to week when he is really, really reliable. And he's had a good year. He's had a he's, real. He's had a really good year. Yeah. People, uh, people obviously scoffed at his place in the BNF last year, and and those who probably couldn't see why he was so highly rated internally, I think, have had their eyes open this year. He's still a bit of a whipping boy. We have a few of those around the club. Uh, used to just be one or two at a year, like a Jordan Russell. Now we've seemingly got six or seven whipping boys. Um, but look, he's had a great year. He's had a sensational year. Um, you know what that means it's time for now as we move off these, Fabian? You've got mail. Love it. It's the mailbox. Uh, so we're going to get to a few of these questions very sharpish because we've got a big finish to the program. We've uh, resurrected the quiz. So we've got to get that uh, out of the way. Um, Ash Gallagher kicks us off. Fantastic listener, Ash. Um Money where your mouth is, gentlemen. Who would you delist and who are your priority trade or free agent targets? Uh, answers on a postage stamp, please, Timbo. We could be here all night listening to your answer. Um, I'm not going to make any moves on guys like Dow and O'Brien. I'm not making a move on McGovern. Um, you'd probably be looking at, um, I think, Owies. Love that he got his game but I just don't think he's showing enough, albeit we're going to be weak at small forward. Finbar? Um, I, I don't think... In two years, I, I, I haven't seen anything from Finbar. We haven't seen a lot from those at that level and all that sort of stuff. I've not heard enough from Finbar to say that he's going to make it. Um, I'm loath to move on key position players after two years, but we haven't heard anything from Ben Silvani. But if they win another year with him, I'd completely be supportive of it. Um and this is, I, I, would, I just want to say, for me, my attitude on Ben Silvani, 
has nothing to do with the kid's surname. You look at him, he's a good size, he's still a young kid, he's still got to fill out into his body. He is your quintessential project player. Take the surname off off the magnet. Yep. And you sit there going, we have a little bit of an issue in the sense that Liam Jones is getting a little bit older. Yes. And no one is, like Harrison McCready, I think, will be one of the guys that goes. And you, um, you go, well, look, Ben Silvani may not end up making the grade. But if he's your 38, 39, 40, 41, 42nd player on the list and you can develop him, you can play him in the twos and just get a good look at him, we will be in a better position next year if he's able to play a full season of VFL to go, is there something to work with here or is there not? Yep. And look, you know, Darcy Lang's obviously going. Um, you're, you're, I'm a, I'm a always been a McCready fan. I still think that there's something there, but... If, if you've got to be delisting guys, I think he comes into the mix. I think he's played nine um, games total. He's played one game since 2017. Yeah, and, and yet, but the the flip the flip side is when we were a really, and maybe it was the fact that we were a really poor side, you recruited a guy at 196 centimetres and you took him in the fourth round of the draft. You're not expecting this. You're expecting to put two years of development in this kid and he played game one. Yep. The game one on the Thursday night against Richmond, he played straight away, and you thought if you've done enough in that period of time to be able to justify your spot in this side, you are liked. There, there's enough to work with there, and Timbo, you persist with that footballer. Having said that, this is the coaching panel that continued and persisted in picking Cam Paulson. Well, and and Cam Paulson tonight wasn't horrendous. Um, <laughs> no, well, look, he, he got the ball, and and when he rushed the kick. Sometimes it found the opposition. And, at, and at one I'd, point I'd, in the first half, Timbo, he may as well have just picked it up and handed it to the nearest Brisbane player. Yeah, but at least it was thirty metres away. Yeah, but I, look, I, I, I take your point. But and and I mean, when you talked about the ploughman bit, when um, when Charlie Cameron got out the back, that was when Paulson had the ball and went to give a handball, and it just got intercepted, and we were out at that stage. So give you're us right. your uh, give us your trade or free agent targets quickly, Timbo. Uh Zach Williams is my favourite footballer outside of the Carlton Football Club. What? Um, he doesn't yes. play for the power or the blood. No, I know, I know. Um, I do worry about his body, though. I think he's done an ACL, he's done an Achilles, and he seems to just carry a couple of little niggles from time to time. So if we're going to be paying big money, it <laughs> makes me a little bit uncomfortable that we take him. But if he ends up wearing navy blue next year, I'm, I'm very, very happy about it. If he does a calf um, and a hamstring, he'll get a free sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the one with a lot. Um, I, we definitely need another small forward. Um, and look, I, I think if we trade our first round and we want another, you know, blue or a band midfielder, we, we need a good good is, midfielder. Is that Brad Crouch? Well, Brad Crouch, you can get as a free agent. That's where that's where the improvement comes from. We can't if you get a, you if you can get a free agent, a genuine free agent, and then you've still got the picks to trade. Yep. That's where you get the jump. That's exactly right. And that's that's the one thing that we've not had the whole way through. We picked up Jack Nunes as a free agent this year, but every other player that we've had to bring in through the club we've had to trade for. Free agent. No, Timbo. I'm, talking, I'm no, talking about... No, 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 no I, I, I know. But, free agent who's but at least he came into the club and we gave up nothing to be able to get him. I mean, we always talk about the fact that we got Jack Martin for nothing. It's not entirely true. We still had to use first pick in the preseason draft to be able to get him. And if you'd had gotten him earlier, then you still would have had that available for somebody else. But you're right. If we can get a free agent where we don't give up anything to be able to get a high-quality player in, you are instantly better 
significantly. And God forbid if you got two of them, mm. and then and then at the end of it all, if you if if you saw fit to be able to trade one of your young good young players that still has enough reputation, and you can then get something of benefit that helps your team as well. Um, if it makes you a better team, you 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 explore it. And and I've got a lot of faith in um, I think the, the the players that we've been targeting over the last few years that we haven't that we haven't got as well. They seem to be looking for the right kind of players that make us better. We were a bit big into Alex Sexton two years ago, and I wouldn't have known who he was if he had sort of jumped out from the wheat picks in the morning. He tore um, us in your eyes last year, Alex Sexton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Very very good. You got your question, Fab. Um, oh, sorry. I thought I was, I just quick question, Timbo. What's the list size? I know it's only uh, rumor is rumor. forty plus two. Yeah. So, so at the moment, the the list sizes are: you've got thirty eight, you've yeah. got six players on your A rookie list, and you can have three on your B rookie list. And your B rookies are your internationals or guys that haven't been in an AFL yeah, program Portrix. for three years. So that's what, exactly. So how, many, how many would we need to trim? Uh, we need to get I, from forty six. Well, four potentially. How many have we got? Forty six. I reckon we got forty six because we had two spots on the rookie list that we could add mature age rookies for as well. So we'd need so to lose four. I, so I, I, we're losing a minimum of four, and I think you need to. You may need to further reduce by three to take your minimum three draft picks. Okay. So, so you potentially have to at least lose seven. Vincent, Lang, Paulson, McCready, Silvani, Finbar, Cottrell, Moore, Goddard. It's going to come from there. Yeah. yeah, very it's good. It's not coming from not coming from anywhere else. I reckon Owies will survive because give him some VFL football. He, you know, I know we only get those three second highlights and they're only highlights, but he scores he scores goals every single week. Yeah, um, there's Honey, I like Phillips, Honey, Phil Ramsey, Kemp. They're not going anywhere. So it's coming out of those eight guys there mm-hmm. that I list. Oh, Simo's obviously gone, but and um, Cruz and, and Cruz. So. Yeah, very right. good. I uh, will stay with you, Fabian. Uh, Mickey C, fantastic listener of the pod and contributor online. Shout out to you, Mickey. Uh, Richo, uh, the big Cho, as they like to call him on uh, Channel 7, because an already abbreviated nickname is not enough. We have to abbreviate it further. He rated our season uh, a B. What are your thoughts? He says he himself is a C minus. Tonight proved if we play four quarters instead of two or three, we can beat both sides. Um he also asked what support coaches should we wave goodbye to. We sort of answered that question a little bit in the last couple of weeks. That'll that'll come out in the wash in the next couple of weeks, I'd imagine. But pertinently with the first part of that question, what's your letter grade? It's going to be a C. And we could easily, easily have gotten a B. We could easily have gotten a B and it was there to be had. It was the curve, Fab. It was the curve. Um, but... Given our last month of football, it was there for I, us. I, I'm, I'm giving a C plus. C you know what plus. it was? Our opening statement was good. We we built on that. That just that that final argument, summing it all up. The conclusion was lacking. Um, uh, um, have we dodged a bullet um, in not having to play 23 season, 23 games, 23 rounds this year, and 22 games? Um, because we look cooked yeah. against Adelaide, and, and I think we talked about that was maybe a, a, a victim of a lack of um, rotation through the list and, and just stretching the players that would are being asked to do too much. I think maybe we just got that footy frenzy build a little bit wrong, and we were a bit heavy-legged. Yep. Yep. Maybe that was... Yep. And, and look, people haven't made enough of that that 
you know, we went did the, the quarantine in WA, which was a nightmare. We're over there for a bit. Then we had the game in Darwin back to uh, what are the Gabba or Metricon. Like, well, that wasn't a good stretch. And perhaps we're not going to hang, um, you know, fitness guys for, for this unprecedented run of fo- uh, footy fixtures, which will never be repeated again, fingers crossed. Yeah. But maybe just undercooking that a little bit or overcooking it as the case may be. It's 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 pretty harsh barley. Um, Timbo, Brad, yes, Red Devil 723 uh, says, Andrew Russell on the medical team, what the fuck are you doing? Taking underdone players into the games. It was Doc last week and Crips this week. It really hurt us. Um, do you think that's a consequence too with Cripper? Yeah. Obviously Doc's out and there's the sentiment with Simo, you're the captain of the footy club. You probably want to play with with Simo to see him out. Clearly, Cripper hasn't been 100% for weeks. Um, we probably were forced to play him by virtue of the fact it's the final game of the season. You know, there's obviously the circumstances around Simo. We probably can't just. We probably can't drop the other captain. I I saw the Doherty injury coming. I certainly didn't see the Crips issue coming. And if Crips was going to have an issue, I thought it was more his knee that he'd given a bit of a tweak to that I thought was going to be more of his concern. I certainly didn't think that the shoulder was holding him back in any way. Is that it? Short and sharp. Pretty short, like pretty it. sharp. Thank um, you for what it is, Sean. Jesus. I know. I'm not going to look at look at. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want to tempt fate. Fabian, where are you going? Um, Kanda? has gotten in touch with us. He has a question for us. Levi's been playing like a man defeated of late. What do we do with him if he's to play on next year? Uh, he just needs a break. I think he's just he's just hit this this month where he's just cooked. He's not getting to context. He's not doing the Levi things. Fuck, he, got Levi moved, gets con- he, he didn't move Lockie Neal out of the way. Ugh. I mean, he's he, sticking it to his fucking advantage, though. Jesus Christ. Is he, is he but, in danger of... The, look, it's a long way out from round one. We don't even know what's happening with that, when it's happening, how it's happening, etc. If Charlie's fit, Harry's fit, if McGovern's ready to go, if De Conning's ready to go and, and builds in this preseason, um, obviously Pitnett's shown that he's been a good pickup. You go through Weedering, Jones, Marchbank, hopefully back fit. Is Levi in the team? No. No. And that's why if an offer comes for him... I think we entertain he, it. He walks... I th- is he out of contract? No, I think I think there's been a discussion and they've actually agreed terms and he's going to get re-signed for a year. So he will be our player. But I, as we sort of say, I think primarily he's probably not necessarily first 22. And if he is playing, he's playing as the backup ruckman who can pinch hit forward to complement your ruckman. But, but that within itself begs the question of, well, what do we look like next year? Because I, I don't ever want to see Harry Mackay take a centre ruck bounce ever. No. He's too valuable to be risking that. So he goes nowhere near there. So it, it, it risks, it means we risk being a bit big from time to time, but we've always set our forward is line. He when third, you've got is he a third ruckman, Timber? Are we not looking for another ruckman? Is he the third ruckman? Well, I think when Levi's, how old is Levi? Is he 31? 3132? Yeah. No, 32. I I still think you're looking for a a third Ruckman who is a pure Ruckman. If your pure Ruckman can pinch hit a bit forward, I think that's a bonus in the modern era. Um, But I think when you've got a 21 year old Ruckman in Tom DeConning and a 24 year old Ruckman in Pitnet, 
you know you've got two guys that can play first ruck for your team. You just need backup in case both of them are injured at the same time. And so you don't and, – and, and you don't have to move heaven and earth to get that player in. I, I've talked about on Twitter talking about maybe chasing a Sam Hayes or a Bailey Williams, but if you have to get players like that, you're giving something of genuine value and I, and I don't think the end result that you're looking the for King, warrants King's trading the, that. The King's the one. Of course the King is. is the one he's, we go forward with. Question without notice, and I haven't even thought about it. But Did you write it to the mailbox? That's how we're taking these questions. Majak. Is Majak no. not? Too old. No. How old is he? 30. He's 30. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, move on. Logan's run. Yeah. Um, your point, actually, about Harry not taking a ruck bounce. People can interpret uh, Joe Danaher taking that ruck bounce at the start of the fourth quarter. That was nothing but a big middle finger to Joe, saying, if you don't want to work, if you don't want to work hard for this jumper, we're putting you up against Max Gorn. And people can Joe, interpret- Danaher, Joe Danaher will not play another game. No, for exactly the right. People, people can interpret it as maybe the Essendon, they were just swinging the magnets around. They wanted to get Joey involved in the game. No, it was a big middle finger that yeah, we're putting you up against. Hard you know what's going to happen here? We hope that Max Gorn jumps into you like Drew Petrie jumped into Fab at Fubba Ganoush <laughs> and he splits you in half. <laughs> spot on, spot on. They went to the huddle, uh, Fab, and uh, Wusha goes, Joey, you're up. <laughs> was he hiding? Was he hiding? <laughs> I think he was. He was certainly hiding from the ball out on the field. Um, and then lastly... And doing tells it well me, too. tells me that Joe Dano probably took a few ruck contests. Somewhere in his career, juniors, seniors, anywhere, but uh, but no, as I said, I just loved it. It was a big, big no. This is if you're not going to work hard, um, you can have yeah. Max Gorn jumping into you for a while. Uh, and then lastly, Tim W's got in touch with us. Uh, Teagle Silvani question mark Why do we have so many players who appear not to be playing in their best position? Is it Teague's stubbornness or is it poor list management? Brisbane were at the same level as us three years ago. What have they done that we haven't? Well, they've landed some big fish, they've got in Lockie Neal and a Charlie Cameron who have. Enormously altered their fortunes, um, and that's, that's exactly a, what we need. We exactly need to right. Forward in another A grade. Spot minute. on, and that's full credit to them. They identified those guys, and they they probably paid slight unders given what they've been able to produce for them over the last couple of years, which is full all power to the Lions. Oh, look, I'm inclined to think that some of the whisper is that Silvani's not terribly thrilled with how the team is being played. It's a bit of Moneyball style fab. Uh, you know, pain your starts. Well, no, you can't. He plays for the Tigers now. Um, it's a little bit of that where Silvani's sitting there going, we recruited A, B and C to play in roles one, two and three, and they're not. So you can't be sitting here going, the list build isn't working because you aren't playing the list the way it was designed to be played. Yep. Which is makes all the sense in the world. And look, modern, modern football demands a little bit of flexibility and agility in role and responsibilities in game and all that sort of stuff. And so there's no reason why, you know, certain players can't take runs in certain positions. But as you say, if a bloke is playing an outside role to be run and carry and kick inside 50 or whatever the case may be, if they're not playing that role, how are you maximising output? And you and, and, and what are you prioritising ahead of it? Is it coaching? Is it is it list build? Do we just need to back these guys into be playing in the positions that they were drafted from? I think it's also a little bit of balance as far as injuries have made our, our makeshift forward line has seen us having to shuffle the deck too often and, and play players there. Like Cunningham is never consistently available. Silvani hasn't been consistently or hasn't been available at all. He's play, what did he play? Five minutes. 
played two or three of games. One I think. game. Mm. Um, so you know, Eddie hasn't really set the world on fire. So I, I just think we haven't had that functioning forward. I reckon we've got a functioning forward line. It just hasn't played, and I reckon that has. We've had to move the magnets around a little bit too much. It's a very, yep. very, very circumspect answer, Splinter. I like it. Well, you know what that means? It's time for the MGA traffic. Big question. The big question. This is a question without notice that I keep to myself to pose to these guys to put them on the hop. Now, do keep this short and sharpish. Um, given his retirement this evening, where does Simo rank in our modern era? Define modern era. AFL era. In the AFL era, so from 1990 onwards, and we won a premiership in 1995. Yeah. Um, he's not in our top 10. Okay. Splinter. Oh, because, well, no, well, let's just, just indulge. On, football, in, in, on, footballing output, on footballing output, he's not in the top 20. But there's that element of... of he's more than a journeyman. He's, he, you, don't, you don't play 340. He's better than that, yeah. So... He's 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 got that is that is the heartbeat of the club. So he, from that point of view, he's he'll go down. He'll be revered. However, from a pure footballing point of view, just spit it out, Fab. He's not fucking Simo's not on this call. He's a club champion, but he's he, he's not he's not in the conversation of a footballing champion as is a Sylvani or a Williams or a Kernahan. Or, or a, a Judd. Or a Kudafides. Or a Kudafides. He's, he's not in that. He's not, no. he's, not, he's not in that conversation. I don't think anyone... We don't love Kate Simpson because he was a champion footballer. You love Kate Simpson because he's a champion bloke and he, he bled for the jumper. I've, I've Greg, never, Greg, I've, Williams, Greg Williams is a champion of the Carlton Football Club who this week everyone has basically called a, a C-bomb <laughs> a fortnight ago because of... He's handling the Paddy Dow situation. So yeah, if, you, if yeah. you're marking him on, on footballing ability alone, he, he's not in the top... He wouldn't be in the top... Not top 10, top 20. C- Cade Simpson was a very, very talented kick of a footy when he came out of under-18s. He was very, very skillful. He obviously read the game really, really well. But I've never seen a player get as much out of his body he's got to give um, ever. Like, and, and, and I think that's why everybody loves him so much is he had no right to play 342 games with the body that he was given. And, and, and the, you know, the, the reality that his first three games of footy, he didn't get a kick and all that sort of stuff. You know, it, it, it was, it was a very hard entree into the sport. And could you have imagined that player have gotten there, but once he bedded it down, he worked it out and he knew what he needed to do. He had a role to play. He played it really, really well for a bloody long time, and we love him for it. And it's what we've always sort of said. He is so revered. But when you talk about the pantheon of stars and the greatest players to have pulled on a jumper, being a journeyman only and being able to handle attrition and all that sort of stuff isn't the only thing that you get measured upon. And and we don't want to be dancing on the bloke's grave because he finished up not two hours ago. As I said, love him, but... There's been a little bit of histrionics about letting him go when he's one of the stars and he's a champion of the club and all that sort of stuff. And you're going, he's very, very good. But he's not that, you know he's not rated Tim, that highly. I, I like both of your answers. Uh, Abba Ganoush is going to have to 
have Kelly get the pliers, the tweezers out to get those splinters out of his ass. So I think your your answer, I like that um, you can win this one. I'm going to give you the points in the answer of the big question. Um, and I'm going the, to the what the what the, sorry the big question. Oh, play the play the. Timbo is this week's winner of the MGA Traffic. Big question. Um, I'm so happy. I, th- I think we can. I think we can close by saying he's an outstanding servant of the football club. I know we've been saying that. As a, people hopefully haven't been taking that the wrong way because we don't dish those um, platitudes out lightly because it's true. So, uh, congratulations to Sim. Obviously wrapped up today. Um, I don't think he'll be lost to the club in a no. full-time capacity. Obviously, he himself sort of touched on having to wait and see what that all uh, sort of looks like. But that means now we have gotten to the stage of the show which we have all been waiting for. Are we Are we ready? I'm not ready at all. Are we ready? Are we ready? I'm ready. Are We're we ready? ready. You got Sting? Oh, yes. Tonight we welcome University of Donvale alumnus and former Doncaster Aquastar superstar Dr. Tim Davis. Tim's listed interests include the Port Adelaide Football Club, the Sydney Swans Football Club, the Geelong Falcons, and when he can find the time, the Carlton Football Club. Joining him is a small business owner from South Morang and the father of two very pliant young boys, Fabian Guadagnolo. Fabian's interests include not responding to text messages in a timely fashion and losing his focus during phone conversations. Welcome to the quiz! <laughs> You're a dickhead. And it's the Bulleen Aquastars, by the oh, way, not the Doncast Aquastars, but you are so shit. close. I love it. <laughs> all right, we're ready to rock and roll. So basically, this is for all the box and dice. This is a quiz about more or less our season this year, effectively. Um, the two of them have got their pens. They've got their pieces of paper. You will each answer the questions. And we Did also... you do any research, Fab? No, I don't know anything, mate. No, <laughs> um, and we've got, so we've got sort of pretty much a question about every round bar tonight because uh, we've like a new cares, I couldn't be bothered coming up with a question. And we've also got three who am I's. So we ready? Question number one. Nine players have featured in all of our 17 home and away matches for season 2020. You will receive one point for each of them that you can name. So nine of our players played all 17 games. Big points on offer to get us started. This could be decisive. Just let me organise my scorecard. Fab and Tim. <coughs> Nine, you reckon? Nine. Nine times. That could be wrong. I did the numbers before. I'll double-check them now. Just while you're... Uh... What have we got? The updated just yet. Actually, it might be less than nine, but whatever. You're not going to get all nine. Oh, no, here we go. I'm pretty sure it's nine. I'm going to give you an, another 15 seconds to come down with your answers. Do we have to say the answers not right now or we're moving to question two? No, you're going to give me your answers. So write okay. them down. Sorry. I'll give you an extra 10 seconds. This is tough. Jeez, I've got eight. Oh, no. How many have you got, Fab? Five. Okay. You're losing losing ground already. This does not bode well. All right. Five. Four. You don't lose any points for getting one wrong either. Three. Two. Okay. One. Okay. Pens down. Give me your answers, Fab. What have you got? I've got uh, Jack Nunes. That is one. All right. Jake. I'll tick mine off as I'm going. Jacob Wettering. That is two. Sam Walsh. That is three. 
Ed Kerner. That is four. Uh, Kate Simpson. That is five. Patrick Cripps. That is six. Ooh, I didn't have him. You fucking, you forget Cripps all the time. One of you idiots did that last time. It was absurd. No, I just thought he missed a game with injury, but I'm probably thinking about last year. So there's three more. Is that all you got? All that's all you got. Who have you got, uh, Timbo? I've got Murphy, Jones, Casbolt, and Petrevsky, Seaton. But obviously, one of them isn't right. And who else have you got? I have Murphy, Jones. No, no, but who oh, have you got? no, I've, who have I've you... got the five that he had. I've got Ed Kern, I've got Jack Nunes, I've got Cade Simpson, I've got Sam Walsh, I've got Jacob Wiedering. Yep. Plus. I've got Murphy. Yep. I have Liam Jones. Yep. I have Liam, Levi Casbolt, and Sam Petrevsky, Seaton. Sam has been dropped for a game. That's what I think he, he well, he was my ninth player. I had to put somebody in. I figured it was wrong. Yeah, so, okay. So, basically, the answers are Levi Casbolt, Patrick Cripps, Ed Kerno, Liam Jones, Mark Murphy, Jack Nunes, Cade Simpson, Sam Walsh, and Jacob Wittering. So, it's six to eight. Six to eight. That's not a bad start. Question number two. Are Wait, you keeping score? I am keeping score. Question number two. Probably best that you keep score as well, just to make sure. Accurately. <laughs> um, I've, I have been known in the past to <laughs> mix it up a bit. Question number two. Way back in round one, who kicked our first goal of the year? Bearing in mind the Tigers got a bit of a fast start. They caught us on the hop. And we had, obviously, our first goal of the year came after a little bit of a wait. Um... Empty stadium was a weird night, wasn't it? Everyone was really looking forward to footy, and that kind of took the air out of our uh, tires. Watching it in front of nobody, it was really weird. It wasn't great. I've got an answer, but I don't know that it's right. Didn't matter so much when it wasn't your team, but when it, watching your team play in an empty stadium was a bit strange. It was a bit. Uh, didn't, didn't I'm, I'm, say, I'm happy to stab. Having a stab. All right, you got your answer in, Fab. Yep. Give us your answer, please, Timbo. Jack Nunes. That is incorrect, Fabian. I know Jack Martin kicked four, but I don't think he kicked the first. I'm going to go with Harry Mackay. That is incorrect. Harry Mackay didn't play. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was... (laughs) Thanks, Bozza. It was David Cunningham kicked our opening goal of the season. Question number three. Question number three. When football resumed for round two, who was our opponent and where did we play them? You will need both to take your one point. This is a one-point question. So who did we play and where did we play them for yep. one point? Have you got your answer, Timbo? I do. I'm just rubbing out the old one. Oh. What have you got? Yeah. Uh, Show us your answers, please, Fabian. Melbourne at Marvel is correct. Move it over Melbourne to Melbourne Marvel. Melbourne yeah. at Marvel. So we move now. One point because here. it was originally going to be the MCG, and Melbourne never play well at Marvel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we still couldn't get a job done. Question number four. In round three, we toppled the Cats on their home deck. This was our first win in Geelong since what year? <sighs> Been a long time between drinks down at the Cattery. Beautiful stadium. Beautiful stadium down in that part of the world. One of my favourite stadiums in Australia. What could have been, Fab? What could have been? That's what Princess Park should be. I've been on this for a while. Give us your answer, please, Timbo. We've got 2002. That is incorrect, Fabian. 1996. That is correct. Ooh. 1996 was the last time we'd beaten the Cats down in Geelong. Question number five. 
Back in round four, Jack Silvani's night was cut short following a run-in with which bomber's fist? The left or the right? He'd started all right before being felled in this vicious attack. Fabian, your answer, please. Zach Merritt. Have you written it down, Knobnose? Excellent. Zach Merritt is correct. Tim Ode leads 10 to 9, 10 to 9. For a bonus point, in our win over Essendon, which Carlton player's goal line header denied Tanner? So this is for a bonus point? This is just for a point. It's just a secondary question. Timbo, show us, please. It was Liam Jones on the goal line. Not Didn't know a whole lot about it, but headed it to safety. Um, was that was that good Liam or bad Liam? It was, it was, it was actually a bit of – it was probably good, <laughs> it bad Liam. It was bad Liam doing good things. Yeah, it was, it was like good, bad Liam. It was Eric Bailly doing the step over in the box against Chelsea. Um, this is our first Who Am I? So this is not a write it down. This is a buzz in when you want to have a stab. Okay. But So what's the score? Score check? 10, 11 to 10. 11 to 10. So for five points, who am I? Now, bear in mind, if you buzz in, if you get it wrong, you are out of the question. Okay. Ready. For five points, who am I? I am currently on Carlton's primary list, though I did not play a senior game in 2020. For four points. In my draft year, I played for the Sandringham Dragons and Vic Metro. For three points. I was the second player born in the 21st century to be selected by Carlton at a national draft. Say that again, sorry. I was the second player. I was the second player born in the 21st century to be selected by the Blues at a national draft. Fabian. Yes, Fabian. Liam Stocker. That is an enormous three points for Fabian. It is, in fact, Liam Stocker. I'd arrived at it what and... A, what a, yeah. uh, the last two for two points. I have the distinction of being the first player taken with a live pick swap. And number one, I made my debut in round seven of 2019 against North Melbourne and where number 13, I am Liam Stocker. So Fabian has vaulted into the lead, 13 to 11. That is a big who am I win for the big fubber ganoush. I can get that. Whatever the next question is, I've lost track of the numbers because I didn't write them down. With four goals and 10 score involvements on the night, this is a write them down on your whiteboards. Which blue produced a season-best display in our first hub game against the Bulldogs? So this player kicked four goals, had ten score involvements against the Bulldogs. I'd forgotten how much that sale of the century, like Sting music, really slapped. It's good. It's fantastic, isn't it? It gets you in the mood. Fabian's a big one for sort of half giving away his answers up on the screen. All right, Timbo, let me know who we got. Harry Mackay is incorrect. Fabaganoush, it is in fact Eddie Betts. 14 to 11. Fab's just putting a little bit of space between here and Timbo. This is a turn up. Timbo's got the ring rust. This used to be his domain. I wasn't quite sure that Eddie Betts would kick four goals all season. Uh, this, this used to be your domain, Timbo. You used to be like America's Cup style when the old Fabaganoush 2 won that quiz. This is why we retired the quiz, because the whole idea was that he couldn't beat you. That was the fun of it. And then when he did, like, we just lost interest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The next question, Robbie Gray's kick after the siren broke our hearts in our round seven loss to the Port Adelaide Power, Timbo's Power. What was the final margin? So Robbie Gray's kick after the siren sunk us. What was the final margin of defeat? 
That was a really, really disappointing uh, experience. What have you got, Timbo? Timbo's gone for two points. Faber Ganoush has gone for three points. Faber Ganoush is correct again. Oh, get fucked. He's putting, he's, he's gaffing Timbo here. This is not good. Uh, our next question. Against North Melbourne, three somewhat unlikely Blues managed multiple goals. For one point each, can you name them? So we had three players kick two goals on the day. You will get one point for each of these players you can correctly identify. It was a tight game. There weren't a lot of goals up at the Gabba. It was wet. It was greasy, as it seems to be all the time. Dad will legitimately turn the football on, and as soon as he sees it raining up in Queensland, he goes, fucking course it is. (laughs) He has been less than impressed by the weather up north. Timbo's got the look of a man a little bit... uh, David Bowie, Mick Jagger style, under pressure. Oh, Freddie Mercury, sorry. David Bowie, Freddie Mercury. What was that? What was David Bowie and Mick Jagger's song? It was fucking disgraceful. Dancing in the Street, that was what it was. Awful. That was horrific. Awful, awful song. Yeah. All right, who have you got? Let's get it. Uh, Give us your answers now. I'm not, Timbo? I've got, I've got Nunes, I've got Cunningham, I've got Martin. You've got two points. Well, Papa Ganoush. Well, I had Walsh, Kennedy, and Nunes, and probably <laughs> you've, you've also got two points. Um, Cunningham, Kennedy, and Nunes each kicked two goals for us on the day. Next question: We got the fast start against Hawthorne in round nine, kicking how many goals? We kicked the first how many goals? I should say. Sorry, in our win against the, in our loss against the Hawks. So it looked like a win. Fucking hell! I was sitting there going, "How good's this? How good's footy?" Timbo? Five. Going to show me that, Timbo? Excellent. Fabaganoush, five as well. 18 to 14 at the moment. You put a bit of a gap on him, Fab. You wouldn't want to lose from here, just quietly. I'm getting nervous, I'm telling you. Next question. We might have got the pineapple in our loss against West Coast in round 11, but this unlikely name led all comers on the ground with four goals. So we had the leading goal kicker on the ground. He kicked four on the day. Can you name him? Timbo, just needing to stay alive here. (laughs) He's a break and love 30 down at the moment if this was a tennis match. He needs to dig deep. Come on, Timbo. Do you have the answer? Oh, you don't have the answer. I've I've written my my answer. I don't not, not... You got five seconds, Timbo. Put something down. I like that Timbo's got the whiteboard, though. That's good. Like old times. Who have you got, Timbo? Mark Murphy, Murphy. is incorrect. Fubber Ganoush. I've got Michael Gibbons. That is also incorrect. It was Zach Fisher. Fuck, of course it was. It is too. It was, it was, it was his, his first game. game yes, back. Zach Fisher, fantastic <laughs> effort playing small forward. Next question, we stay in the West. Jack Noon's last gasp winner uh, wrote all the headlines in round 12, but which player had and fluffed his own chance to kick the winning goal just 30 seconds earlier? So Jack Noon's was obviously the hero. He put through the winning goal, the goal of the year, I think it has to be. Well, Tim, Timbo will tell you. Tell no, you Timbo will correct. tell you otherwise because he's a Benedict Arnold turncoat. <laughs> Who had a chance to win it? 
So one of our players had a shot for goal 30-odd seconds earlier. Yeah, yeah, I've got something locked in. I okay. don't know if it's right or not. Five seconds, Timbo. He's taking the lid off the texture. He's going to write something down. Timbo got his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us, Timbo? Jack Martin. Incorrect. Fabian? Levi Kozbol. Incorrect. Although you are closer, it was Liam Jones. It was too. The snap it on the other side. Yeah. We took the chest marks. Okay, this is an enormous... Um, after, after Harry Mackay bellied another left foot uh, snap around the body. This is an enormous who am I. For five points. That's heavy breathing from Timbo. He's battling. <laughs> if he was on sale of the century, they'd have like a paramedic come out to him and take his uh, heart rate. For five points. Although I am currently on Carlton's primary list, my career did not start with the Blues. For four points. I made my AFL debut for my former club in round one of 2016. Me. Timbo. Mark Pitnett. That is correct. It is yes! Mark Pitnett. That is an enormous pull. And I'm, I think it actually might tie the scores. It does. It does. It ties the scores at 18 apiece. That is an enormous pull. For three points, I was one of my team's <laughs> best. <laughs> For Liz Kafusi. For three points, I was one of my team's best in our 2018 VFL Grand Final victory. For two points, it's a common misconception that my surname is French. And for one point, I joined Carlton in last season's trade period and went 27. That is an enormous pull for Timbo. He needed the four points. He got the four points. Next question. We played the Gold Coast in Darwin for Sir Doug Nichols' round. Across our men's and women's team, we boast six Indigenous players. For one point each, can you name them? So there are six Indigenous players who represent the Carlton Football Club across AFL and AFLW lists. You will get this is an enormous opportunity. Six points on offer, a full six points. Would be potentially decisive as we come towards the latter end of this quiz. Timbo's thinking, thinking, thinking. Judging by their silence, this quiz means an awful lot. A couple of fine champions doing battle again. It's like when oh, Ali and Fraser got back in the ring. Six, you reckon? There's six. How many have you got? Five. I'm trying to remember the photo. <laughs> okay, you got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Give me your answers, Faber Ganoush. Show me your whiteboard or your piece of paper or whatever it is. What have you got? Um, I've got, I've got Matty Prasparkas, Liam Jones, Eddie Betts, Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, and Jack Martin. So I've got, I've got the four men. I didn't realise Prasparkas was Indigenous. Well, so that's the one that you've got that, that I don't. Is, that is correct. Fabian has taken a crucial uh, lead. He's got. He's moved to 23 points. Timbo on 22 points. The answers are Eddie Betts, Liam Jones, Sam Petrovsky seaton Jack Martin, Matty Prasparkas, and Nat Plain. There we go. Next question. In round 14, we fell to Collingwood, a result which squared the two clubs' head-to-head record at 127 wins apiece, having shared four draws. We last defeated Collingwood in what year? You just feel it's. You feel like it's Timbo. It's the four by one hundred at the Sydney Olympics. You just feel that Ian Thorpe's gotten in the pool. 
Gary Hall Jr. But which one of you's Thorpe? Which one of you's Gary Hall Jr.? Timbo was certainly uh, Timbo. Fab Fab was Michael Klim at the start. Then he jumped out. Took a four-point lead at one point. He now leads by one, 23 to 22. Yeah. Have you got your answer, Timbo? I have an answer. Yes. Please let me know your answer, Fubba Ganoush. Uh, 2012. 2012? We haven't been in eight years. I've got 2016. Oh, oh so close. 2017. Uh, one or the other. They're 100. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to remember the last time we beat them. 2012 was literally the last one I... But Petrovsky said and had that great day in the wet at the Absolutely. MCG when they were celebrating something. I just wasn't sure if it was 16 or 17. It was so. too. Daisy was did the big balk on gold oh, sack. Oh, yes. That was fantastic. Um, I think he's still sliding. It's unbelievable. Could he... Has anyone ever bought a balk so completely <laughs> as that? It was extraordinary. Next question. In round 15, we dropped a heartbreaker to the GWS. How many former Giants lined up for the Navy Blues that day? Obviously, we've copped a lot of shit over the years about carrying a lot of Giants, having a lot of Giants on the list, coming and going. We played them in round 15, lost. How many Giants were selected? Mm. So there's a few still on our list floating around, but how many played... This this could be a tricky question. How many of those Giants played against the Giants in round 15? What are you looking at me? You're looking at me weird. You're looking at me like... Tim, Tim looks like a bee-stung Lucas Mora right now. I know, just... <laughs> you know the best part of that Spurs documentary for me has been? Watching Son Hyun Min like speak really flawless like English with like a quirky English accent. He's got like a bit of a weird... You know when you see Hector Bellerin talk and he talks in like a North London accent when he talks English? It's quite fun. I'm going to need your answers in five, four, three, two, one. Timbo, give me your answer, please. The answer is two. The answer is two. Fabian? I I think one. I think Plowman was the only player to play that day. So Timbo's gone two. Fabaganoush has gone one. The answer is, in fact, one. And it was Will Setterfield was the only former Giant to play that day against his... All team. Do, do, do I get it right because I said one? Yeah, you get it right because that was the question. One. It just couldn't name the one. <laughs> I had Plowman. <laughs> I had, had Setterfield and Plowman. Obviously, Kennedy was GWS Kennedy as well, Plowman. but I didn't think that he played. So uh, Next question. In round 16, Zach Fisher kicked our first goal of the game against the Swans, which stopped a run of how many unanswered goals for the Bloods, for Timmy's Bloods? Oh, right. So Zach Fisher kicked out first, which put a run, an end, to a run of how many goals for the Swans? Looks like Timbo's got his answer. I've got, I've got an answer. Excellent. Yeah. Let me know. What did your answer, Timbo? Seven. Seven is correct. Fabian, let me see your board, please. No, I had four. Four? Four. I don't, I, I, the, I, the unanswered part, I thought we might have kicked one in between. But yeah. Big pull, big pull, big pull. Next question. Score check? 23-24. You lead by Many one. Score. Many score check? Question. I want to know. No, like, like I said, I fucking I didn't put what question it was. It doesn't matter. Next question. In round 17, which forward kicked four goals in a disappointing loss to the Crows? Four. 
Timbo's answered that very quickly. Uh, you both got your answers in by the looks of that. Whiteboards yep. to the screen, please. <laughs> Some helicopter. It's a, heli- a helipad, apparently, according to Fab. He's literally just circled an H. That is correct, though. So here it is. This is this is extraordinary. We go to the final question of the quiz, the who am I, with a score 25 to 24. It's all to play for. This is... Who's leading? You, Fabian. You. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted, because this is great. We can't have extra time. We can't have sudden death. It's going down to this. Here we go. Who am I? Oh. For five points. I was recruited to Carlton out of the Calder Cannons. Lockie Plowman. Have you just dead set rung in? Yep. And, and eliminated yourself from the game? Maybe. Like a complete fucking buffoon? Oh, just, I just wanted to go Is to the Lockie, Please tell me it's not Lockie Plowman. No, it's not Lockie Plowman. Ah, <laughs> keep going. He's won, but let's keep going. Because he was, this is, what have you done, Timbo? This is the greatest setup of all time. He's had a brain aneurysm. He's lost control. <laughs> I wanted the walk-off home Look, run. Look, speechless. Because for one, Timbo, he wasn't recruited to Carlton from the Calder Cannons. <laughs> he was well, recruited from GWS. Theoretically, never yes. swing at the first pitch, Tim. Jesus, mate. Keep going. And not Keep only going. was it the first pitch, it was in the dirt as well. Let it, Jesus Christ, Timbo, you have you have screwed the pooch here. This is extraordinary. This you have ruined the quiz. Can I, can I take the stab? Can I take the stab now? Uh, well, you can, but if you do, you'll open the quiz back up. Okay, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> for four, <sighs> for four points. To date, I've played 16 games for the old Dark Blues and kicked 10 goals. Are you writing down an answer, Fabaganoush? No, just writing down. For three points, including underage seasons, I've been named in four consecutive All-Australian teams. Say that again. Including underage seasons, I've been named in four consecutive All-Australian teams. He's played 16 games of football and he's been in four All-Australians. Uh, uh, play- I'm not. The player has played 16 games for the Blues. Okay. For two points, I'm a two-time Carlton Best and Fairest and the reigning AFLW competition Best and Fairest. Yes. Nicely done. Nicely done. Matty Prisparkis. That is correct. For two points. Because I was going to say... I think Fraser Phillips is from the Calder Cannons, and I don't think we have another player on the list who played at the Calder Cannons. Where That's, does Kate Simpson play? Eastern. Eastern Rangers. He's an Emerald boy. So the winner of the quiz, unfortunately, I regret to I'm inform ha- you. I'm happy for the. I'm happy for the swing. Is Fabaganoush twenty-seven to twenty-four? Because Timbo, my lord. That was in your wheelhouse, Timbo. You you would have got. I reckon if you were alive at the three pointer, you might have been a sniff. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was right, and I thought I was right. So, so why, why, why? Well, Timbo, you know, why win by one when you can win by three? You would have won by four. I know. Or if lose, I was right, lose. well, Timbo, anyway, wasn't I? Timbo, I don't think anything, any one performance on this podcast has ever better summed up the great Wayne Gretzky. 
<laughs> exactly right. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's exactly right. <laughs> he swung for Lockie Plowman, despite the fact that Lockie Plowman wasn't recruited to Carlton from the Calder Cannons, um, and <laughs> Indir- indir- indirectly, <laughs> and completely obliterated his chance of winning the quiz. Um, I'm flat as a tack because the beauty of the quiz was Fabaganoush losing. You were hoping for a heartbreaking loss. I was. And I thought it was on the cards. It had set up perfectly. You stole. I, I, I felt it's in so many. I reckon I would have got it too. I reckon I would have gotten it. What was the What was the four All Australians? So she was. was she the was three pointer. Was that the three point question? Yes. Fuck! I would have won by two. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this this is set up better than I could have possibly ever imagined. I built the quiz and I thought, you know what, Timbo's probably going to shit in the Who Am I's, but Fab, Fab stole the first Who Am I which was great. And then you bounce back, you stole the second one, we're delicately poised, and then you just shit the bed. Correct. Oh, I, mate, I was there. I, I, I heard it, I said it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remind me. Oh, God. I'm not a goldfish. <laughs> i got to tell you, I was so excited to bring the quiz back, and now I'm, I'm thinking about mothballing. I liked it. I'm thinking I like about well, you won. Of course, you liked it. I'm thinking about no, mothballing it again. I liked, I liked that there was a theme to it. You know, the yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, each, each round. It uh, does have to be every week. I think sort of bring it back sparingly because mothballing it forever, Timbo, because of your failure. <laughs> you can't win every week. Like we said, it was, like tried. it was the America's Cup. Be an it was the America's Cup. As soon as Fabaganoush two won. All interest was taken out. The whole mystique of the quiz was lost. No, I know. And I know. now... That, that, I've re-listened to that episode where the, I got the Labor Cup for the win. I came from the clouds. You, you came from you the did. heavens. You did. You did. Oh, it was so bloody obscure, these bloody... You were Dominic team against odd, Alexander Zverev. Odd bloody representative fucking competitions. Anyway, all power to you, mate. Well, I'm going to go to bed. You can't lose every week. It'll get very, very boring. That just about wraps us up. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Throughout the course of the season, we've really loved doing this and we've really loved the support we've had throughout this season. It's been absolutely outstanding and the contributions from all of those who listen to us and get in touch with us on Twitter has been uh, very humbling. And we all say a big thanks. Um, We will obviously come back at various stages and do uh, like a season review type uh, player by player. Um, And and trades. And then we trade, trade period ramps up, and that's obviously Timbo's wheelhouse. Yes. That's when we'll, uh, so we'll, we'll do a special. We'll have a little uh, little bit of time off, uh, come back in, in a couple of weeks' time to do the player by players, and then see you again come sort of trade time. But do keep in touch with us on Twitter, uh, Fabiano underscore G7, um, surprise winner of tonight's quiz. That's where you can find him. Hoff47 is where you can find that hack fraud Tim Davis. <laughs> I've stripped him of all of his honorary doctorates after that performance. Can I, can I dedicate? Can I dedicate that win? No, to the captain. <laughs> it was a sacred in, captain. In memory. Timbo's memory performance was actually sacred captain esque. Really, when you think about it, Timbo's performance was he was you know uh, maybe a length off the lead, but he was in it, and then he's shattered his pelvis. And had a heart attack at the finish line. <laughs> that was very sacred, Captain S. So, and my, uh, me, Sean, Peter, Budge, obviously, uh, you can get in touch. But um, thanks for a great season, Fubber Ganoush. Can you, no, likewise, Sean, it's been a pleasure. Can I impromptu? you? Can I get a premiership winner and Norm Smith medalist from both of you? No, I hope that the season's called off. I hope there's a COVID outbreak uh, in the hub <laughs> and the season has to be abandoned abruptly would be my best case scenario. Timbo, are you still there? Timbo.
Timbo's gone. Well, for Tim Davis, the once and now former Waffle King, and for Fabian Fabaganoush Guadagnolo, the current Waffle King. Why am I the current Waffle King? Because your episode with Terry Degani went for 58 minutes. <laughs> I watched yours yesterday, and Terry said, Fab and I are still talking. <laughs> that was very good. I liked it. I liked it. I couldn't help it. I just love talking Carlton. You do. You Sue do. Me. You do. Oh, well, I might. Uh, so we say goodbye and for Timbo. I love Timbo. how you've ignored my question about who you think's going to win the Premiership. Because Timbo's not here. Timbo's gone. We've got to wrap the show up. He's in the screen. I can see him. I can't see him. There's a little, there's an, like an exclamation park, ex- exclamation mark in a triangle. He's gone. I can't hang on to wait till he comes back. He might not be back for days. Um, <laughs> Faber Ganoush, sign off. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Thank you for a lovely year. And thank you to all the listeners um, and contributors on Twitter. Um, It's been fun. Thank you. I agree. We'll see you soon, guys.